Welcome to No Ordinary Love, Episode 2. We may still be super nervous. <laughs> Extremely nervous. <laughs> so, Episode 2 is... Elaine's in the hot seat, so I get to just hang back and drink my delicious coffee. Um, yay. <laughs> yay. But she's... Um, she's having a moment. Yeah. We, we recorded this earlier, and... Um, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a day. I'm already on the verge of tears. Yes, ma'am. But I do want to say thank you for sharing your story because it's important. I think it's important for you and also for, for people who will listen and, and will be able to relate. You know, the the real premise of of the story is that relationships are messy and coming out of relationships is very difficult for everyone involved. Right. You know, so we do want to say um, thank you to everyone who listened to episode one. We got some really good feedback and some comments, so we're excited about that. Um, I did have one of my aunts, uh, she texted me separately after she listened to it and she said that she really enjoyed it. Um, but she was also interested in, you know, what has my journey with spirituality been since I've come out of religion? Um, and I thought that was a really good question and it's actually something that I'm very eager to share. So I think that will probably be around episode four. So stay tuned for that. There's definitely more to come. But we are, we're going to get started with episode two. This is Elaine's story of coming out of a marriage and all that that entailed. I'll give you just a short little blurb about it and then we could get into it. We dated throughout high school. He graduated. I graduated. I ended up getting pregnant literally probably a week or two after graduation. And so then we had a baby and I was doing the mom thing. I was living at home and my ex and I got a house together probably when our oldest daughter was six months. So we lived together and then eventually we got married and then divorced. Okay. <laughs> With a whole lot of stuff in between. Right. So what might be... I, maybe what people might want to know is, okay, so you married a man. Like, when did you know that you were a lesbian or what did you think about yourself? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would have never used any term for myself. Like, I always felt attracted to women, even when I didn't know that it was attraction. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, like they're really pretty or, oh, I would like to be by them or just taking a liking to them in general, mm -hmm. you know, oh, they're really cool. Like, I want to be like that. Now looking back, it's like, oh no, like I had a crush or whatever you want to call it. Um, so like young, but like I said, I didn't have a name for it because in my mind, well, it wasn't really talked about growing up. It wasn't talked about negatively. Um, it was just, if you're gay, you're gay. That's it. Right. Um, so I myself, like I said, I didn't realize what it was. So like, I was just like, okay, that's just, everybody feels like that. <laughs> okay. So yeah. in your mind, like every, every everyone, everybody, yeah. Everyone likes boys and girls. Yeah. Like that seemed normal to you. Yeah. That, you know, I didn't say anything or ask anybody but I'm just like everybody like that's just to me it was normal because that's how I felt so I'm like okay you know yeah um isn't it interesting because I had a friend also comment you know and just say like man like I didn't I didn't know that that's what you were going through in high school you know yeah. but I to be honest she was also like like I didn't know anything about gay like nobody and that's the thing nobody was talking about those things it wasn't 
it's not like it is today. Absolutely where not. there's so much social media and there's so many, like there's a, a lot more representation and people being able to kind of go to see a thing and go, oh, maybe that's what I'm like, you know? Yeah. If, you, if I was a teenager now, like I would have come out as a teenager. Right. Like you would have had no problem. Yeah. So you weren't like, for you, it wasn't any type of embarrassment or like shame or thinking it was wrong. No. Okay. Like I never thought it was for anybody. Right. Okay. So then when did you discover, because now you would say, how would you identify? Lesbian for sure. Okay. Yeah. But you know. At, when I was older, like, I'd be like, oh, I'm bisexual. One, because I was married to a man. And two, because I knew I liked women. Okay. Um, but when you're asking, like, when did, I don't know, like, it become more for myself. Um, I want to say, like, 14, 15. I realized I had a crush on a girl from one of my dance classes. Okay. Yeah. And so I was just like what <laughs> and right. I wasn't I mean I was not in any way like being mean to myself about it mm -hmm. it just was but I certainly didn't share that with anybody okay. you know so it was just just to me so why do you think you didn't share it with anyone it just wasn't something that was talked about or shared then like really that's that's it, I think. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have been like, hey, I have a crush on this girl. <laughs> you know, like, I I don't know. Like, maybe people wouldn't understand or just in general didn't even know how to talk about that. In general. In general. Okay. Yeah, so that lasted for a few months and then I was over it. So during that time when you had this crush, um, is that your, you have a boyfriend or you? No, this oh, okay. was before then. This was before then. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then that was about it as far as like my girl crushes mm -hmm. throughout high school. Okay. And yeah, and then you're in a relationship. So you're. Yeah. So then I had a boyfriend, you know, excited to have the popular older boyfriend you know, who was into sports and had his own like car. Yeah. So I'm in a freshman dating a junior feeling pretty cool about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an element of like status, I guess. Yeah. Like Where... it was cool to be, you know, I guess you would say a jock's girlfriend. Mm hmm. You know, right. Football player. Yeah. You know, pretty popular, older guy. That seems really cool. Yes. So at what point in your relationship did you start to realize maybe something's not quite right? I would say. When did we start hanging out? 2005? Uh, we said like 04, 05 okay. is when we started hanging out. I would say around that time where I was having these feelings for, for you. You know, we had just got in contact again and we would hang out. And I was like, what is this? Like, why do I feel this way? I'm married, just a lot of confusion. So of course that immediately for myself is like, shut it down. But still, you know, I wasn't going to be like, oh, we can't be friends. <laughs> right. It was just like, I still wanted to hang out, of course. But yeah, I felt, I felt something that didn't really make me question, but kind of scared me. Like, what do you mean? Just like, why am I having feelings or crush or whatever you want to call it for somebody else that wasn't my husband and as a woman? So kind of now I can see in hindsight, I was probably like, um, well, I can't do that. 
Right. And, yeah. you know, like you never said anything to me, so I didn't know that. No, I barely said anything to myself. But I just, you know, continued living my life as a married woman. So then there's that. It's like this, okay, there's this friend that I have a attraction to or I feel a certain way about. So that's weird and scary and I don't know what to do with that. But you kind of just tucked it away. Yeah. Tucked it away. Went on my merry way. Got... Was I already married by then? Yeah. Okay. So I had... We had gotten married, we had another baby, and, like, that's just what I was doing, being a wife and a mom, which I was okay with for a time being, for a, for a while. So then what was married life like, married with two kids? It was my life. My kids, like, I was a stay-at-home mom. So my life revolved around the kids and my ex and, you know, I guess being a homemaker, you know, making sure the kids are taken care of, the house is clean, the food is cooked. Like that was just my routine day in, day out. I never really liked cleaning and being a homemaker. <laughs> um... But it was, it was, I was content living like the lifestyle that I had, which was, you know, being a stay at home mom, being able to be with the kids anytime they needed me. Once they did go to school, I did get a part-time job, but I literally only worked while they were in school. And that was nice to get out and talk with people and then come home and, you know, do the whole wife and mom thing. So then I am working, making new friends, going out, not a lot. If I was going out, it was usually with my ex. I guess I would say I felt like I had a little bit more control being able to like go to work, um, have my, have friends. But I know, like, that was just an illusion. <laughs> what do you mean? It was just something to fill my time to keep my mind busy. From, you know, thinking here and there, like, am I happy? But it was, like, far and few in between where I would actually think those things. Because I very much hid my feelings or how I felt or anything from even myself. It sounds like you just kind of did a good job of not thinking about things or not really asking yourself if you were happy or if this is what you wanted. Definitely not. Thinking was not my jam. <laughs> it was very easy for me to I guess just live in a false reality for myself. Live very surface level. You know, oh, I had like a great life. I was lucky to stay home with my kids. I had a husband who worked a good job. We had, you know, nice things, nice cars, house, material things, which now I could care less about. But at the time, I was just doing the next step for everything. You have a boyfriend. I got pregnant. So like, okay, like that's it. We're that solidifies us being together. Next step is getting married. Next, then we have another kid. We have a house, you know, you have all the things, but I still was having this nagging feeling that something was missing. Right. So everything looks really good on paper. Um, appearances. And I, uh, yeah. A keeping up appearances. And I imagine it, there's probably this feeling of guilt of like, but I have all these things and I have all the things that are supposed to make me happy and supposed to make a good marriage. And it all looks good, but I'm still feeling like something is missing. Yeah, definitely. Like, how could I possibly want something different or something more 
or how could I possibly not be completely satisfied when this is all that I have? Right. Yeah. Just definite guilt. That is a, is a huge player in my story, I guess you would say. Like I said, it was just easier for me to just slap on a smile and skip along. Right. Because thinking my, you know, deepest thoughts was just not something I knew how to do in any way, shape, or form, or would have done anyways. And on a certain level, I imagine it's like, it's not for you and your position. It doesn't feel safe to do that. Yeah, I've never, never really felt safe speaking up for myself or just in general. Right. So I definitely wasn't going to do that. You think you think you would in a marriage, you know, like. Well, I guess you could you could assume that that's what happens in a marriage, but I don't think that, you know, once you say I do, there's just this magic wand that waves and now you're a fully formed, mature, emotionally stable human being that knows how to have conversations and say how they feel and say what they need. You know, it's like if you weren't brought up in such a way that you were taught those things or you you've had experiences where there were moments when you you felt a certain way or you said a certain thing and you were in a sense silenced for those things mm -hmm. you know you just learn how to be quiet how to go with the flow how to not rock the boat how to be very agreeable um and basically make everyone around you happy even at the expense of your own happiness yes for sure and I think, you know, for, for both of us, that's just um, something that we're, we're both realizing that we've done for a long yeah. time is just be that type of person who isn't really thinking about their own wants and their own needs. Like if that comes up, I have to shove it down because it doesn't fit with the life that I'm supposed to be living. Right. Or it's selfish. Right. Yeah. It's selfish to think about myself and my happiness and, and what is it that I need and what would be best for me and yeah. what's missing here. So it's like, even for those thoughts to come up, it's like, you're just racked with guilt. I'm not even supposed to think that I'm not even supposed to go to that place. So like you said, you just kind of keeps you at a surface level where you feel like this is where I can survive. Yeah. Very, very surface level. Like, If you're saying surface as you swim up to the surface, I was barely like with my toes in. <laughs> <laughs> Had one toe in. One toe in and I was comfortable doing just that. Right. So yeah, a lot of... A lot of guilt. But it like jumped... It jumped around because there would be like months where I wouldn't have a thought like that. And then I would, and then I'd be like, oh my God, like I'm the worst person, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it would always be like, oh, I'm having these thoughts. So like, I'm a bad person and I must be a bad mom and I must be a bad wife. It was always just, you suck, <laughs> you know, get it together. You have things that most people will never get or some people really, really want. What happened for you to realize that you, that you are a lesbian? Like, okay, I can't just bury that away. I can't just pretend that I'm not having, you know, certain thoughts or questions. When did it become clear to you? Okay. This is something. Right. So I wouldn't have used the word lesbian because it was just, Using the, like, being bisexual was just the easiest because I was married to a man. So that made sense. Yes. Like, oh, I'm just bisexual. Okay. Um, but that 
kind of started coming up more when um, I met a friend at work. Like she was a new coworker transferred. Um, and I was immediately like drawn to her. It wasn't like an immediate attractive attraction attraction. Um, but I felt like this pull, like I wanted to be around her, hang out. She was funny, just had this, just something. And so we became fast friends and we're friends for a while. And I started realizing that I liked her more than a friend a lot. So that was definitely scary and took me back into the tailspin of like, what am I doing? I'm married. Why am I feeling this way? Um, yeah, so that kind of I don't want to say made me take a hard look at myself because ugh, I would not do that back then. Right. Just like can't that really do it. No. So I was like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to go with what I feel. And what I felt was that I wanted to pursue something with her. Even though I was married. And so that began. And, you know, I had like these happy moments, but were, were outweighed with like the bad ones, you know, I'm a horrible person. I am doing something horrible. Like, how could I do this to him? Like he's never done anything you know, wrong to me, but at the same time, like the happiness that I felt would kind of like eclipse that. Mm -hmm. So it was like just a roller coaster of emotions all the time, <laughs> all the time. Um, so it got to the point where I was like, you know, asking my doctor, like, I think something's wrong with me. You know, I need to be fixed. Um, I'm not really wanting to be intimate with my husband. And she was just like, you need to talk to your husband about that. Like, I can't do anything about that. And I felt defeated. Like something is wrong with me and I'm not getting any help, which eventually led for, or led to me going to see a therapist. I'm like, I need to fix myself. Something is wrong with me. Um, so I did see a therapist and I would love to say that that fixed everything, but it didn't. I couldn't even be honest with myself, let alone a therapist, even though it was a stranger, he was there to help me. I could have just laid everything out on the table and probably got some real help, but I couldn't mm -hmm. like even admitting it to myself that, you know, I am a married woman seeing somebody else no i wonder too if like sometimes just saying a thing out loud like makes it real and then it's like what do i do with this now you know like mm -hmm. like i wonder if just the truth of that like say you laid it all out in front of the therapist and you're like here's what's going on and you know and you say it and maybe he looks at you and he's like honey, you're a lesbian, you know, or maybe you come to that conclusion on your own. Like, so to, to come to that realization means a lot of scary things. It means, okay, well, do I, you know, close this off and just go back to regular life and pretend I never had that realization? Or do I stand in this truth, tell the truth to my husband and you know, and start to move in that truth. Right. And at that time, even like, if I had the balls to be honest, I would have still shut it down and been like, how do I move forward with my husband? 
Right. And that's what I'm saying. That's, it's a terrifying discovery when you're already this far into this marriage and this life and this family. And this is what we're doing. Yeah. I have a, I have a whole life. I have a husband. Like, I'm just gonna, like, this is, this is what I thought. So like, I have a husband who treats us all well, who takes care of us, who works so I can stay home. You know, it was just so much guilt. Like he does all of this and look at what I'm doing. Right. Like, whew, that's, that's a shitty feeling, but I couldn't stop. Right. Like I continue to drag it out. And so now I'm on, um, depression medicine, like medicine for depression. I've went through. I don't know, maybe three or four different medications and none of them ever worked. Well, depression medicine can't fix my sexuality. Right. So I am doing that. I'm on those. I am starting to drink a lot. And, you know, it's like every weekend, like my husband and I would go to parties, you know, the girls that I worked with, they were younger than us, but like they would have parties. And so like we would go to those and I would get drunk, but then it just started getting as like things progressed with my friend, like my feelings for her, I started to drink more and more to where like I was just getting blackout drunk on the regular Um, so bad. So that like, I ended up in the hospital, I had alcohol poisoning. Um, it was really bad and I still didn't say anything. I still let my feelings and my guilt and shame and embarrassment. I let that eat away at me to where I was just a shell. I feel like, right. So at, at any point when you're kind of spiraling because you're, you've been to therapy, you've been on all these different, uh, depression medications, you're now drinking a lot at any point. Is he having conversations with you? Like, Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? No, I was never asked. Are you okay? What's going on? Like, why are you drinking so much? You know, it was just, I don't know. I, so this popped in my head. I, before I like dealt with all the trauma from everything, I was like, oh, you know, I was just drinking a lot because I was making up for, uh, lost time because like, I didn't drink in high school. I didn't drink in my early twenties. I didn't, you know, so I'm like, oh, I'm having like my adolescent time right? Adolescence? Adolescence. Adolescence. (laughs) You read so many books and I don't understand. Yeah, I read them. That doesn't mean they're reading to me. (laughs) That doesn't mean you're pronouncing all the words correctly. Yeah, no, I'm probably very, very much pronouncing them wrong. Okay. Okay, so. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like, oh, that's why, you know? So you're saying that to him? No, 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 to to myself, to myself. Yeah, no, like we never had any real, real conversations. I feel if we did, if we had that communication skills, nothing would have ever got that far. Oh, I see. You know, like I never set out to have an affair or whatever you want to call it, which I mean, that's what you would call it. Um, I never set out to hurt him, you know, like. I remember like when I finally did leave, I was just like, I want him to find somebody. I want him to find somebody who's going to love him and cherish him and just adore him the way that a wife should. But I just couldn't give that to him. Right. I sure tried my hardest. So why do you think that you couldn't tell him? how I felt. Yeah. Well, once you're seeing this friend, Mm -hmm. why do you think you couldn't tell him what was going on or. Well, because I, 
even though it was still going on, like I could, couldn't really admit it to myself. Like I knew what was going, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. Like you, you're going through the motions, but you're not really letting it sink in with yourself. Um, but no, I couldn't tell him because I didn't know how or know that there was a way to, but I just wouldn't have anyways. I just didn't have the thought process and vocabulary to do that. Would it have saved us a whole lot of time and pain and everything for sure. But like who I was then just had zero mental capacity for anything real. Right. So at what point was it actually known that you didn't want to be with him? I would probably say like for sure, for sure. Maybe a few months after I started seeing my friend. That's when you had a feeling that... Like that I was just like, I can't do this. Okay. Yeah. But but, but didn't mention that to him. No, 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 no way. Like mentioning that would crumb, would like tear down and crumble like this fairy tale that I was playing out. If you want to use those words. Right. So then how long did that go on with your friend? I would say a year, year and a half on and off. Okay. Until like she was just finally like, I can't do this anymore. Right. And so I was of course, you know, upset and like, holy crap. So I'm dealing with that. Um, in the meantime, my ex was like, Hey, like it, it seems like we're roommates. I feel like we're roommates. And I just was like, yeah, like I feel that too. I'm not happy. And I almost shit my pants. Cause I was like, whoa, that's not something that I was trying to be very controlled with what I said. So the fact that I said that I was, I was like, holy shit. Right. It's like this moment of honesty that you were even surprised that you even said it. Very surprised. And he was shocked. Like possibly the first honest thing I've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shitty. I know. I mean, but it's a place to start, right? Yeah. Yes. Naturally, it would be a place to start. But it was kind of just like brushed under the rug. And I don't really remember having any real conversations about that. So I'm pretty like splotchy on with my memory. So time frames and a lot of stuff, I am sure I have completely blacked out. Like I, for the life, it's like you're remembering stuff and then all of a sudden it like goes blank. Mm -hmm. So time frames and stuff is just, so what I'm working with is like what I'm trying to remember. Right. Like you just blocked a lot of that out. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of my life out. I blocked a lot of my life out. Um, apparently it's a trauma response <laughs> and I know, I, I know eventually we, I was like, I want a divorce. I don't know if I said it in those exact words. So that's just what it was. I talked about, you know, moving with my parents, but that never really came about then you and I met up. Well, why didn't you move with your parents if that's what you said you wanted? Because that was too real. You finally have said in whatever words were used that you're not happy. You do want a divorce. It seems like what was settled on is that you guys would be separated. Yeah. Okay, but you but never it, moved out. But I never moved out, no. It was just, 
I, I can't say what the reasoning was. I'm sure it was, you know, well, you know, let's not move the kids or the kid, you know, the kids are in school. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. So that, that was that we, I still lived there. Then you and I had gotten contact again and we went out to dinner. We used to do that throughout the years, get together like once a year and see what was going on in each other's lives. And so I go and I'm like, I'm not going to tell you anything. Um, like I knew her views on being gay. So that was just not going to come up. So we go out to dinner and she's like, how are you? What's going on? And I was like, oh, I'm getting a divorce and I'm gay. Just dropped it on the table. And I was like, oh my God, I'm sure I had beat red face and was like, I gotta go. <laughs> uh, but, Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Bye. even stay for the yeah, food. No, they didn't even get to order. <laughs> I gotta go. Right. Yeah. So yeah. And then I'm there, you know, <laughs> trying to be super cool about it, but like she was going, oh my God. Oh my God. On the inside. Yeah. So we had dinner and chatted here and there for the next two months or so. Yeah. Like we stayed in touch. We were texting. Um, and I remember, I remember you came over to my house. Yeah, we came over to talk because we kind of had a brief text message moment where we're like, something is here. Yeah. And we like, we're fi- like admitted it, you know? So I'm already on a hot mess express. Let's jump into something else. So. Right. Which I didn't know. No, she had so, no idea. Like I this in... poor woman I've dragged through the mud as well. That was just what I did. Anybody I came in contact to, I'm like, let me just throw you on my hot mess express and not tell you anything. So. Right. Well, there were things that you did tell me, but it took some time for me to figure out that, wow, that's, it's not really, that's not really what's fully going on here. Yeah. So yes, you were, you were getting a divorce, right? Which I guess but anybody can say they're getting a divorce and it never actually happens or it takes forever. So right. it was easy for me to be like, yeah, I'm getting a divorce. Yeah. So when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's in process. You're right. You know, yeah. Maybe it you was, have to still not. sign the paperwork and then it's all settled. Right. Yeah. But I do remember asking you because when you said that to me, I was like, hmm. I was like, something happened or someone happened. That was my first thought mm-hmm. because I had known, I mean, I've known you for almost all of your marriage. Yeah. Like when we started hanging out in 0405, that was like, you were be- pretty newly yeah. married and throughout, even though we didn't really stay as close, we did kind of have lunch or dinner like once a year once and a catch year. up. Yeah. I always knew, and you did, you did say to me that you weren't happy. Right. Um, to which, you know, I was still in my Christian bubble and, you know, had my beliefs about divorce and really, I don't think I gave you great advice, but it was just kind of like, but you gave me the advice that a Christian woman would give somebody right when they're like, like, Oh, I don't, I'm not happy. Well, you need to work on that. You need to, you know, like my answer was communication. Like, yeah, you, you, are you telling him this is how you feel? Are you talking about things? And, you know, I wasn't going to be like, Hey, well, if you're unhappy, just go get a divorce because I, I didn't believe that that would be okay at the time. I was like, we really got to work on that, you know, or, or figure something out. Um, so I'm just saying that to say that when you did say it that night, I was like, what, what would have caused her to even, you know, yeah, to even say that she was unhappy, to even say that she wanted a divorce. And then when you threw on top of that, oh, and I also like women, 
it was like, okay, well, who are you leaving your marriage for? <laughs> that that was like the only rational thought in my mind was she's got to be leaving for someone. Yeah. Because for years it just seemed too hard for you to even mention not being happy. Definitely. Too hard to even think about could I possibly even leave the marriage? And so I think it's not uncommon that, you know, when we finally get the courage or the, you know, the guts, like even for myself, that I came out twice in my life. And it, in, in every instance, it was because of someone, mm-hmm. because I had met someone that I really cared for. And, and I guess in my mind, I, I assumed, well, it's worth it to come out now because I have someone. Right. So I, I just kind of to myself was like, who is in the background here? And I remember that time when you, when you came over and we, we went for a walk and we were just talking about things because we were trying to figure out like, what is going on? Yeah. And I specifically asked you like, so you're, so you're getting a divorce and you're like single, you're not seeing someone. Like, that's why I asked that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, I couldn't admit anything to myself. Well, but I think also at the time, like you technically were not right, seeing yeah. that friend because yeah. she had already told you, I can't, I can't keep doing this. We're, we're not going to keep doing this. So you were in that place yeah. of like, holy mm. shit, what the hell's going on? Right. So to be fair, like, yes, that was true. But then as we kept talking and interacting, um, I, I found out pretty quickly that she was still kind of in the picture. Right. We were friends. And I still cared about her. Like, I, I don't know. I just couldn't fully let go. Yeah. And I, and I was pretty aware of that. And I, to be honest, I felt, I felt foolish. Yeah. Like, I felt sure. like, oh, I felt like, you know what? Let me just, let me back off because it seems like you have unfinished business. And I just was like, I, I need to step way back because there's a lot going on there. Yeah. So, yeah. So you stepped back. I was an even worse hot mess express. (laughs) Um, And that leads us to the point where my ex found out that I was seeing my friend. And I don't really remember a lot about it. I just remember waking up one morning and he asked me how long. And I'm like, I am hungover as hell. Like, what do you mean how long? and he was like how long has this been going on with you and your friend and like I just remember like stomach drop heart pounding like what um I don't recall the incidents that I remember the night before like just like crying I was drunk like beyond drunk throwing up just miserable So I don't know at what point or if I, what I said or anything like that, that he decided to go look through my phone, but he looked through and like read all the messages. Um, cause I never deleted anything. So it's like just message after message after message after message. And he wanted to have like a sit down conversation with her. I don't know really what the point was or what he wanted to ask, or I'm not really sure, but she was like, no, we're not doing that. I don't remember having like a, a real convert still, still at that time as a real conversation. Like, Hey, you cheated on me. Like I, Oh, like he, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would just remember him. Like I, what had to block her like on all forms of social media, phone number, everything. And like that was completely cut off. And so were you. That was like your own doing. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I don't think we had a conversation to like really talk about everything. My ex and I, there was never, it was, there was never, we never had a sit down to talk about like, why you know all the whys and how and all that there was so even at this point he's not 
like even asking you like is is this who you want to be with is this like are you a lesbian are you you know like none of those questions come up no not that i remember like i don't think so okay but at then i just remember him asking me like what if you know we stay together but you can have a girlfriend Okay, so then there's an awareness of, like, you're obviously attracted to women. Yeah. Okay, so he's aware of that and trying to figure out some way to just make it work. Yeah, he want, he didn't want a divorce. He didn't want me to go. He didn't want me to leave. Yeah, and I think also, like, what kind of lends itself to maybe the confusion surrounding everything is that you weren't saying... I'm a lesbian. This is who I am. I just can't be with you. No. You weren't really being that direct, that honest, and just laying it out there on the table as what it was. Absolutely not. Because I still would have been like, I'm bisexual. Even at that point. Even at that point. And is that because you really don't know who you are or because you're still trying to make it work? I would say because I didn't know who I was. I came out of that marriage a corn husk. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was <laughs> empty. <clears throat> like, I didn't know up from down, left from right, anything about me, let alone trying to think of what I'm going to label myself. Right. It was just a lot of a lot of pain, a lot of guilt, shame, all of that wrapped up into I just blew up a 16-year relationship. Right. Like, regardless of how I felt, that is hard. You know, a lot of blaming myself, just really treating myself very badly. You know, nobody, nobody deserves that. He definitely didn't deserve to be treated like that. It was a rough go around. Yeah. That took me years, years to work through. I'm still working on different things that come up. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like, where's real change and growth if you're not willing to do that? Like, I, I feel as the years have gone out, like, every year, like, I'm just different. And I'll never be that person again. People change. Like, that is a very true statement. Right. So, that rolls into... Alright, so he found out about that relationship. And then that was just kind of done and over with. And then there was me who had, like, taken a step back and just been like... Like, what was that about? Because we, we had gotten to a point where it was like, in my mind, we were seeing each other. Mm-hmm. That's, wh- that's where I was. Like, we were seeing each other and this is, you know, what we're doing and we're moving forward. And then kind of all of those things came up with the other friend and I was like, whoa, okay. So that was really hard for me. Um. Yeah, so... Like, I'm just fucking up left and right. Well, that's not my point. What what I'm saying is that, like, even though it just seemed like there is a lot going on here and this is a mess, um, I, seeing those things was, like, still had these feelings and still had this desire to be with you and, you know, 
Like I stayed away for probably like a few months and that was really hard. It was like, you know, it was like a, a breakup and mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well that's not going to work. And that was really difficult for me. Um, but even during that time, you know, where we weren't in contact and I was just trying to forget that that even happened. Like I still wanted to be around you and I still did want to know how you were doing. And I still, I, for me, it just felt like you chose her. And, and so that was really hard. So I felt like rejected and like, yeah, you know, I couldn't, I just couldn't understand like, why would you do that? I don't know, girl. But it didn't, it didn't really matter. Like even despite the pain and despite all of the mess of what that looked like, there was still a pull to you and a draw to you, you know? Like I remember I would like just drive down your street just to see if you were home, you know? Or, you know, and then I ended up driving, you know, to where you work just to see if you were there. And one night you happened to be there and I knocked on the door and I, even when I was doing that, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm trying to be in contact with this person after all of this. But like, that's what it was for me. Like it made no sense in my mind. It was just a a steady pull towards you. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out, you know? So from there is when we started you know, talking again and hanging out. And Mm -hmm. then it was then that I found out like, you know, okay, well that whole thing with your friend blew up and you weren't in contact and it was like, you know. Yeah. But that, and then that leads us into our story because even though it's the start of our story, I still wasn't divorced. No, you weren't divorced. Um, you were, loosely separated living in the same house and in and even where our story begins he didn't know that yeah so again it's secret and it's you know not not being directly honest no so i think this might be a good place to wrap up your episode again i'm I'm happy that you're sharing your story, that you're telling, telling it as it was and not, you know, holding back and not. Yeah. Cause it was fighting tooth and nails to, you know, get myself to talk about it and, um, just accept it for what it was. This is my story. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody else's. I guess, you know, like this is, this is what I went through. This is what I did. This is me taking accountability, responsibility, whatever you want to call it for my actions. What I would say to you is, you know, when someone has to come out of a marriage, it's, it might be easy from the outside to look in and be like, oh, well, must be nice for her to just be out and proud and and happy with her new relationship and you know mm-hmm. it's easy to label could be easy to label you as selfish and you're just you know you're all these things right mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure i'm all these horrible things but to tell this side of the story is like no you know neither one of us in this process were ever just happy not caring about anyone else or anything else you know we had moments of feeling like our true self that was liberating and that was, you know, something that we felt good about, but it was shrouded in guilt and shame and just questions of like, well, what are we doing though? Right. Yeah. Lots of questions. Because other people were involved and I'm, we're not trying to say that 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 didn't happen, that other people weren't hurt because they were. Of course, if it could be different, we would love for it to be different, but this is what it is. Yeah. And all we can really do is accept that and really just be kind to ourselves and be compassionate to 
who we were in those moments. And, you know, we've come to the understanding and this belief that we're doing the best that we can with the level of consciousness that we have. Right. And then it goes along the lines with, you know, when you know better, do better, be better. Right. And that's something that sounds, might sound super general and like, oh, okay. But there's also something very real and powerful about that. You know, I really believe that if, if people could do better, they would do better. I agree. I, I believe if you had the tools to communicate and if you felt like you could express yourself and say what you need, what you want, what's working, what's not. Sure, we could say a lot of pain would have been avoided. I really believe that it would have, yes. Right. But that's what I'm saying is I I believe if you could have done better, if you could have told the truth and if you could have been direct, you would have done those things. But looking back at the story, it's like you just didn't have those tools. You weren't taught those things. You didn't learn those things. You know, you grew up in a way where that just wasn't the way things were done. No, definitely not. You know, and I can, I can relate to that. I can relate to the piece of like, you know, growing up in, you know, there are just things that we don't talk about there. We don't talk about feelings. We don't talk about, you know, those deeper things that are going on. We're all just doing our best to survive and, you know, Mm -hmm. make it through life. So, so the big piece, you know, is we're, we're telling the story, but you know, to honor it, like we can't also judge it at the same time. And I think that's what we're not doing is we're not looking back and saying, wow, well, you were a real piece of crap. Right. That's and not you... to say that we didn't do that or I didn't oh, do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, no, I judged the shit out of myself. Yeah. And but, I did the same. Yeah. But now, you know, with our growth and change, we're able to sit back and look at it differently. Right. The same things still happen, but there's not that judgment. Right. It's, it's looking back to be real with eyes of love and compassion on yourself that you judged and that you felt shame and guilt about and felt wasn't good enough and felt embarrassed. And, you know, it's a part of the story that you hide and you don't talk about and you skirt around it because it's still a source of shame. Yeah. Right. Yes. But for to, sure. But to tell the story and bring it to the light is to say, I've looked at this and I've reconciled with it. And I've, you know, the truth, truth be told, I did punish myself for a long time, but I'm at a point in life where I don't want to do that anymore. And yeah. The, and the only way to move forward is to say, yeah, that happened. And I really wish it didn't. But I do believe I was doing the best that I could with what I had at the time. Absolutely. And then the, the question comes up, you know, how much punishment is enough punishment? You know, how long are you supposed to punish yourself when you feel that you've hurt others? And who can answer that? Yeah. You know, so yeah, so it's about, you know, forgiveness. It's about forgiving yourself and, and being able to move on. And also it's about looking back and seeing that there wasn't really anything to forgive because nothing about that was intentional. Nothing about that was you wanting to hurt or harm anyone. Yeah, but definitely not. So that's where we're going to wrap up for this episode. Um, episode three, we're going to go into more of our relationship and, and what proceeded after these events and, you know, how that was also a rocky time. And that was also right. overlap there, you know, overlap. And then there was, we were apart for a time. So we got back together and then we were together for a while and it was just really hard and really a struggle. And then we broke up for about seven or eight months and then certain events led us back to each other and that's kind of been where we've been at yeah so it's been a lot of um ups and downs it's been a lot of life changing uh, it's been changes? a lot of yeah <laughs> life changing changes it's been a lot of transition and 
I would say just it's it's been a journey for both of us to figure out who we are. Yeah. And to do that later in life is like it can be difficult because of things that were already built up that had to be brought down. Yeah, deconstructed. And, yeah. Um and then you're pulling yourself out of the rubble of that, out of the shame and guilt of that and just trying to move on and be be someone who even believes that they deserve to be happy. Like even getting to that point was like a journey. Yes, it was. <laughs> so So it's a lot and we really are wrapping up, I swear. <laughs> but there's just there's just so much. So yeah, join us for episode three next week. We're gonna talk more about our story and, and what that's been. That might um, even need to be a two parter. It might be. We don't we'll we'll see <laughs> when we get there, but basically we do welcome uh questions, comments, um, feedback. We wanna know if you have questions for us that we can answer. We wanna know if you can relate. Yeah. So just let us know and that's gonna be it. Thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to No Ordinary Love. Please listen and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want us to keep going, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Instagram at No Ordinary Love Podcast. If you like us, please leave a review. We're eager to hear from you. You can also email us at noordinarylove23 at gmail.com or you can send a recording of your question and we'll answer a few each week.